0: Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As
1: always, I'm Colin. And this is Matt. I was going to do the rap intro thing, but my wife's sitting there. And I will
0: not do uh, you're going to do the her. my name, name <laughs> yeah, is. I was. I was. Yeah. You did that once. Uh, you did that last week. So, you know. Yeah. I think the bits, the bits good. The
1: bits good. Nah, I disagree. You beat it. You beat it like a dead horse. That that, that was the whole plan here. And uh, no, nah, I will. I will definitely not be doing it with this. With her sitting right in front of me.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, this is the first Canton bound without uh, without Austin. Um, well, not the first one. He's missed a lot of shows, but the first one with both of us after his uh, yeah. departure. So we'll. Uh, We'll have to, to to talk about, you know, how we kind of want to restructure some of this stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll go our own way now that we're out underneath the uh, the thumb of the, the tyrant that is Austin.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I know uh, he, like we've talked about before, he always talked about how much he hated this show, but his... Necessity of having like control over everything is now gone because he doesn't care at all about the show, and he will not. He says he'll listen. We'll see if he really listens. We'll find out tomorrow morning if he sends us a text message like he did the one time that we just like trashed him for thirty minutes straight. We'll see. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I had no qualms with the way you ran the show because you gave me a, a quick thank you, um, and then I it was mostly I was mostly left alone. I didn't catch strays for once, so I was fine with it. And I didn't even mind your uh, your intro either, your, uh, your rap intro.
1: I know Austin did. He won't say it, but I bet you he was. Oh, he was seething. I him. know. I, that's the exact same word I was going to use as well. He's just seething <laughs> in the background.
0: All right. Well, we will get into the actual part of the show here. We got a little bit of news, two news items. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about how the Scott Fishbowl 13 is going for both of us. Um, You know, we won't dominate the airwaves with this one, you know, and you're going to, I'm sure you're probably sick of seeing that in your timelines here and other people talk about it. Um, We'll just briefly gloss over it, mostly because I want to know how it's going for you. Um, And then we'll talk about some training camp breakouts this year. Players we think are going to, you know, earn a bigger role or increase their stock from training camp. But before we get into all that, got a couple of housekeeping items here as always make sure you head over to campus 2 canton.com our parent website Uh, the season is rapidly approaching here so it is uh, it's it's ramping up over there we got a lot of articles coming out the cff guide just came out on july 1st that's going to be available over at the website as well for twenty dollars cff leagues i know are starting up soon if they haven't already supplemental drafts are in full swing I'm in the middle of like two or three of them right now. Never been a better time to go purchase that CFF guide. They have schedule breakdowns in there too. Easiest, hardest schedules, playoff schedules. Um, they break down different systems, players you want to target in systems. It's so much more than just than, than what it was last year, and it was great last year. So cannot recommend that highly enough. And then lastly, most importantly, if you're a fan of home field apparel, like we all are over here at C2C, uh, we have a partnership with them. Promo code CAMPUS2CANTON for 15% off of your order. Uh, I know I will be getting the something from the new Penn State line there. I saw that. Yeah, I believe they also dropped a new Oregon yep. line. I have not checked that out. Have you looked at any of those yet?
1: So I looked at one of them. I was trying to actually pull up all of them here cuz you mentioned that I wanted to go back and look cuz I have the, like the text messages set up on my phone so that I get the ah, I get, get the, the alerts. There is one that I really want. It is a UO shirt, but it's got the old school Ooh. Oregon duck in the middle of it. It looks just incredible, but I won't be able to get that anytime same
0: right right of course not of course not um you have to create are, a uh, you have to you have to create a new uh email address for that one to get that 15 percent off uh but we were running a promotion where anybody who run, uses campus the promo code campus to canton uh, for their purchase you get entered in to win all three Of our CFF guides, or if you're an NIL member and you already had those guides, uh, we're going to be giving away a jersey. Austin said on Monday that he's going to be announcing the winner of that promotion soon, now that he's back from vacation, but there is still time to get in. He has not announced that yet. We have not done the drawings yet. So if you have purchased anything off of home field apparel using the promo code Campus, the number two Canton, uh, be sure to take a screenshot, send that over
1: to us. We'll get you entered in to win that. Yeah, there, there hasn't been that many people who have done that either compared really to the There haven't been. Like, so we get to see when people, we don't get to like, we don't know who exactly it is, but we get right. to see who like puts or who, how many people have used our code. We've had a bunch of people use the code and then not a lot of people take the screenshot. We've only had, yeah. I think like five people do it compared to the amount of people who have actually used the code. So you have a really good shot of winning all three gods or a side yeah. jersey at this point.
0: Yeah. And I know a couple of the people who did it are, are NIL members. So um, yeah, it's it's because it, it divide it's going to divide that pool in half. So the odds are very high. So make sure you purchase something. Send us the screenshot. There's still time to get in. Uh, we'll head into the news here. Two big news items. The first one, Alvin Kamara avoids most of the legal consequences from that incident last year. Really just a fine. I think it's 30 hours of community service. Uh, there's no jail time or anything like that. Now the NFL may still suspend him. We don't really know what the NFL is going to do. Their, um, precedent for suspensions is all over the place, but it's looking good for Alvin Kamara for this year, at least that he's going to be on the field. Now we'll see what the suspension does, but what are you doing with Alvin Kamara this year? And then also in dynasty.
1: Yeah, so just to make sure, it is 30 hours of community service, and it's 105,000 restitution to the green for his medical bills, which, based on the video, doesn't (laughs) feel like a whole lot (laughs) was really done here uh, for Alvin Kamara. What am I doing with him? So I know, as you mentioned, we're going to talk about our Scott Fishbowl teams in a minute. I took him, and I feel like I took him fairly early he will likely still get suspended. As you mentioned, you know, we don't know for sure when that's going to happen. But we've seen the NFL do this before is once the legal case is, is done and they have all the facts, the NFL will make their ruling and they do not have to follow. And they've shown that they will not just follow what the court says. So because, for instance, the whole thing with Ray Rice, Ray Rice never had charges put against him mm-hmm. for what he did. I believe it was to his wife at the time because she did not press charges. The NFL still did whatever they want. I think he's going to get suspended. We've just seen that the NFL, when especially when there's video or something out there, they use the um, I forgot what the what the thing is that they use a brio where they're protecting the shield uh, against the player when the players make the league look bad. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah. I think he's probably going to end up with four games. Would be my guess. I think he'll get six right off the bat from from Roger Goodell, and then they'll negotiate it down so that you know. Roger Cadell can look like if you ever seen the we get the the long arm the tough arm or whatever it is lawyer <laughs> the down here. Arm of the law. Yeah, well we get like is all tough on um, accidents all that I, I'm trying to remember what the name of the thing is but of course nobody will probably know unless you live in Texas. Uh, but the, like Roger Goodell is going to want to look like he's tough on Alvin Kamara and then the NFLPA will will negotiate it down to like two to four or three games, whatever it is, and then they'll try and make them look bad. He's likely going to be suspended. Now, what makes it more interesting, though, is typically the NFL does not act fast on any of this stuff. They would have to act pretty quick for that, for the suspension to be applied to the 2023 season, because the case just now closed in July. We're two months away from the season starting. So I don't know that we'll, we might even see him get suspended for the 2023 season. It may not be till 2024, which is why I, as I mentioned earlier, really took him so quickly uh, in the Scott Fishbowl draft. It's like, I don't think there's anything coming down the pipe this year. They take forever to do that because then not only do they have to, I believe, submit what they want, it's got to go back and forth between the arbitration and all this. Stuff. So I, I think there's a realistic shot. We see Kamara play the whole 2023 season and then whatever suspension he does get or, or miss games won't come until the 2024 season.
0: I think that would make things really interesting. I I do agree with you. I think it's he's probably going to get four or six games from the NFL, and then it'll negotiate it down. It'll end up like three or four ish games somewhere in that range. Um, But so even if they do expedite that, they move quickly, and you do see suspension this year, uh, I, I think it's more likely that we see it the first couple of weeks. I think if it doesn't get done soon and he's not suspended for those first couple of weeks, I don't. Think they're going to suspend him in the middle of the season Uh, especially with the saints looking like they're going to be the winner they're they're pretty much the odds on favorite right now in the nfc south that is a dumpster fire uh between the panthers and the bucks and the falcons like none of those teams are good it's really going to be the saints so they have playoff aspirations i feel like if they're if they try to suspend him in the middle of the season or even a little bit later Like the Saints and the NFLPA will probably and Kamara will probably try to fight that and push it off to 2024, like you were saying. So I think the odds that we see the suspension happen like in the middle of the year, where it would really throw things off for your fantasy team are very low. So you're either looking at something at the beginning or not till 2024. So I'm with you. I like Kamara this year.
1: Yeah, the only the only thing that gives me pause, but even then I think it was still. If I'm remembering correctly, I still think it was like a year after the fact was the only player that I can remember recently that hit a suspension in the middle of the year because of like arguments back and forth. Because that's the other thing, even if it's like we were just talking about if Goodell gives Kamara six games, if the NFLPA fights it, they can't suspend him until they come to an agreement. Right. I want to say that's what happened with Zeke, because I do remember, I think it was like his second year in the league, maybe, where he did get suspended like mid-year, and it was for like six games. But yeah, I want to say it was because of what happened. It was something that happened the year prior, I think it was actually, you know, it may have been. It it was a Mardi Gras. It It was that
0: Mardi Gras incident.
1: Was that after his rookie season, or was that – because I couldn't remember if it was something he was doing with the Buckeyes because they had obviously just won – well, no, that would have been the year before they won the national championship. So it had to have been after his rookie season. So it had to have been, like, 2017.
0: Yeah, I, that sounds about right, yeah.
1: But I remember he was, like – I remember they were fighting it back and forth, and he ended up getting suspended in, like – it wasn't even the middle. i almost thought it was, like, the end of the season. He came back for, like, week 15 or 16 or something like that. I, but, again, the incident that happened was, like, the year prior – and still it took him a whole year to finally come around and end up giving him the suspension, and there was video of that as well. So I I really think that we are probably not going to see much this year, but if we do, they're going to have to act quick if they want him to be suspended at the beginning of the season, which I guess if you roster him, that's what you're hoping for. You don't want to lose him in the middle of the season.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you want it at the beginning of the season, or you don't want it at, until 2024. Um, so let's move into a dynasty perspective here. Let's say he doesn't get suspended this year. Now he is suspended in 2024. That's his age 29 season, I believe. Um, what are What's your outlook here for Kamara in Dynasty beyond this year?
1: Oh, that's a good question. A lot of that for me rides on what, what the Saints do this year. Because I personally, as you mentioned, the the NFC South is extremely bad. And I honestly could see any of the the NFC South teams winning it, including the New Orleans Saints, even though I don't think that they're going to be a good team. I think they'll be better with Derek Carr there. But I think the issue with them has been since the move to Dennis Allen, they feel like they're a team that should be competing, but they probably shouldn't be. They really just need to tear it down and rebuild. The Saints have an out uh, after 2024. I believe, but the dead cap hit is still sixteen million. They won't get a real relief until twenty twenty five. Whereas a nine million and then five million in no, actually they just pay him five million twenty twenty six. He's not even a part of the oh yeah he is okay. So twenty twenty six five million. With what he has done so far in his career with the Saints, I think that he has got a chance to last for a couple of years going into his thirties because he just doesn't have a ton of wear and tear on his body. They have not used him for the most part, like your typical workhorse running back. I mean, going back just the past couple of years, the most attempts he had was the last two years, 223 and 2022, 20, 240 in 2021, 20, but then 187, 171, 194, 120. I mean, 223 is not even that much for college running backs. There there's guys who get upwards of 250, 260. And we don't really see him pushing 300 nowadays. But he has just not had a lot of touches. So I do think with his game, the receiving upside as well, he could probably age fairly well into like that 31, 32 season. So you're looking at what, 20, you said it'll be what, 20, I'm sorry, nine next year?
0: Yeah, it'll be 29 next
1: year. So, I mean, you're talking about him possibly going into twenty 26, he'll be 31 and again, that's right around the time five million. That's that's when they have the five million dollar buyout option. Like I think he's gonna be good for you for the next three years. Personally, I just think he's a very good running back. And and as I'm sure everybody knows at this point, he didn't have a ton of work on him in college either because he was a third string running back for the most part. That's why nobody really thought he was gonna break out. So I, I think Kamar is going to be perfectly fine. He he's not gonna be Derrick Henry. I I don't think and like you know continue to absolutely smash people every single week at at, at the age that he is but I think he's going to be fine. I'm still holding on to him for at least three more years. I think he'll be good for you.
0: Yeah, I think three years is probably a little much, and it's really going to come down to what that suspension in 2024 looks like. But I, if, if it happens in 2024 or if it happens in 2023, not that I, it weighs that heavily in it, but I agree with you. I don't think that a $16 million cap hit is really an out. So I think he's going to be on the Saints for 2023-2024. 2025 is kind of where I think it's going to be up in the air. We have seen a decline in efficiency from Alvin Kamara the last two years. Now, how much of that is just not having, I would even say, average QB play. I think that the past two years, it's been below average QB play. So it's been tougher on that offense as a whole. I think with Derek Carr coming in, that is going to give him some relief. So we could see his efficiency bounce back a little bit. But I think the days of his RB1 seasons are probably about over. Maybe he has like a RB12 finish this year. And then, you know, people are going to come back and be like, well, Colin, he finishes an RB1. Well, okay, yes, technically he did. Uh, I, I think it's more likely he finishes in that like RB15 range for like the next two years. And then anything you get after that is is pretty gravy on top of that for in my opinion so dynasty wise if you could buy him cheap I probably would at this point because I do think another two years left and that's kind of what I operate in is like a two to three year window so I'm still interested Uh, he's my rb21 right now you know there could be he could get jumped by a couple of guys um so we'll see so I'm I'm interested but I'm not excited about him anymore
1: yeah and he's not his contract isn't even conducive in the fact that like if they wanted to trade him i mean you're looking at in 2024 he his base salary is 10 million dollars and then 2025 is the big one so it keeps saying that he has it says he has a potential out in 2024 So i wonder if that's a like a player option i can't find that verified Anywhere, but it's insane to me that his base salary in 2025 is $22 million.
0: Yeah, you got to figure that's guy. getting restructured.
1: It has to. And, and so maybe at that point, someone makes a trade for him and they restructure when they bring him in. That's the only other way I think that he gains a boost in value if he ends up going to a contender that will use him in the right way. Because I said, I, I just don't think the Saints team is good. So, even as you mentioned, bringing Derek Carr in, maybe they'll pass the ball to him a little bit. We saw that happen. It was never to Josh Jacobs. It was always to their their receiving back. But, like, they would dump off the ball here and there. But yeah, it's it, – I don't think he's – I actually don't think he's ever going to be an RB1 again, personally. But, I guess – I've said that about Derek Henry three years running, and he's <laughs> done it, so I'm probably going to be wrong.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think he's going to be in RB1 uh, anymore, like I said. I, I think it's more like in that RB15 range. Um, I am mildly concerned about his goal line work with uh, Williams there now, um, Jamal Williams. So, you know, I, 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 I that was never really his role anyway. So it's not a huge concern for me. But anytime there's a touchdown vulture, it's never a good thing. And then obviously they bring in Kendry Miller, too.
1: Nah, Kendry's dead now. Now now, now that Kamara's back, I don't think Kendry's going to get any run. But yeah, Jamal Williams, one of our favorite players in the NFL, just because he's a big Naruto fan. But outside of that, fantasy fans hate him (laughs) because that's all he does is vulture everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Last last news item we have, second one. um, DeAndre Hopkins, the odds for him to go to the Titans dropped to minus 300. So it seems like Vegas thinks this is basically a done deal. And I don't think Vegas would drop those odds unless they knew something. yeah, uh, because those are that that those are bad odds, um, minus three hundred. So let's assume he does go to the Titans, which I believe is something that you and I had talked about before or Austin maybe had mentioned yeah. it. Um, do we like this landing spot of DeAndre Hopkins to the Titans?
1: it's really hard to cap what I think this is going to mean for the Titans because Hopkins has come out and said that he's not going to retire until he's he believes he's not a 1,000-yard receiver again. If you go back through just the past couple of years, going all the way back to 2019, which was the first year, I believe, that Ryan Tannehill really started games for the Tennessee Titans, there was... um. 2018, he came in toward the end of the year. That was like Marcus Mariota's kind of last shot as a starter. Comes in at the end of the year. So, 2019, first year playing. A.J. Brown smashes. 1,000 yards receiving. That was probably his breakout year. Everybody fell in love with him. Corey Davis, 600 yards. It's not bad, right? You can support two wide receivers that way. I mean, 600 yards is, is not a ton, but it's not nothing to, to sneeze at. Only two touchdowns. Like maybe if he gets more touchdowns, you you know he ends up being like a wide receiver three for you in fantasy. Twenty twenty was a really good year for them, where this was right before Corey Davis ended up going to the Jets, right? And everybody thought he'd finally fully broken out nine hundred <laughs> yeah. yards, five touchdowns. AJ Brown a thousand yards as well. But then after that, his leading receivers, granted, is only two more years, twenty one and twenty two, were like six hundred yards. And this was an offense that I think was fairly good. I mean, sorry, AJ Brown had 800 yards, and then the next best was Nick Westbrook Keeney. Granted, yeah, he's not nearly as good as DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks, but only 400, 400 yards. And then obviously they trade AJ Brown, Traylon Burks last year in his rookie season. They're still trying to figure all that stuff out. Was it they brought in? Was it Robert Woods last year? If I'm remembering correctly, yeah, yeah. he ended up getting hurt. Uh, he was still, even though he played in what? Oh, he played in 17 games. I thought he or no, sorry, played in 15 games. 527 yards. I just don't know that Ryan Tannehill in this offense can support two wide receivers. And I don't know which one it's going to be. Like, I understand that Traylon Burks is the young rookie who's so more explosive. He's going to be the guy that everybody wants. DeAndre Hopkins is at least in my opinion, probably a hall of fame wide receiver. And he was not bad for Arizona last year before the injury and then the suspension like he was on pace to break a thousand yards again I would think if he's going to the Titans he feels he's openly said he wants to go where he can compete and get paid I don't think he's necessarily wrong the Titans despite what I may think of them as a roster Mike Frabel has always been able to get this team into the playoffs for the most part I mean last year I thought there was no shot they'd win five games they win the South and go into the playoffs. Like, he's he is a phenomenal coach for for whatever it's worth. In my opinion, I think he's a very good coach. But I just don't think that he's going to be able to support two wide receivers. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's probably bad for Trey Lomberg. Because I think even though he's, he's the younger player and you're going to want to roster him dynasty-wise, he's probably going to be going ahead of DeAndre Hopkins in all your drafts. For me, I think Hopkins is going to be the one who gets targeted heavier because th- that's why he's going to the Titans. He's not going there for the payday. He's openly stated that. And I do think at the end of the day, he's a better player than Traylon Burks, even now at the age, what is he, 31, 32?
0: Yeah, I think he's like 30, 31. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think Hopkins is a better player than Burks, like even now. And I do like Burks. Like, it's not a knock on Burks, but DeAndre Hopkins, I'm not ready to say a Hall of Famer yet. I'm going to say he's. He's in the discussion. Um, he just but,
1: turned 32, by the way. Literally just turned 32 just turned 30 a month ago. So, or sorry, 31. He just turned 31 a month ago, so he's okay. only 31. Gotcha.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Well, I, I I still think he's a better receiver than Burks. I I, I agree with you. I think he's going there. Be, if he goes there, wherever he goes, it's because you know they're going to use him. And I think Ryan Tannehill is going to like DeAndre Hopkins. My concern is. I don't know how, I don't know what this offensive line is going to look like. It was not good last year. You know, they did draft um, the guy from Georgia whose name's escaping me. Um, so they they have some help coming on the offensive line, but I don't know. I still don't know how good this offensive line is going to be. I don't know if they're going to be able to open holes yeah. for Derrick Henry. I don't know if they're going to be able to protect uh, Ryan Tannehill. So I think there's room for Burks to operate in the short to intermediate areas in the quick game where if this offensive line's not very good, they can just get the ball out of his hands quickly. And that I think would benefit Burks and his yak ability more than Hopkins. But I think honestly, they just end up cannibalizing each other. And I think if he does, if Hopkins does go to the Titans, I think that puts a nail in the coffin for the Chica breakout that a lot of people seem to be really hyping up uh, because I don't think this offense can support two receiving options it definitely cannot support three
1: yeah i mean i'll tell you right now i think uh Chig kwonkwo has been uh widely overrated uh, i mean yeah. we did the same thing folks like you know what? what's the what's the saying you know if you don't know history you're doomed to repeat it or however yeah. that thing goes <laughs> we did the same shit with john U. smith after one year folks and look at well that worked out like it just does it, vrabel does not know how to use athletic tight ends he just doesn't end the story. Move on. Yeah, he ain't worth it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm. I'm not on the Conquo breakout. But if he go, if Hopkins goes there, I think that's uh yeah. that's that that is a death knell for him.
1: So really quick, through ten years, eleven thousand two hundred and ninety eight receiving yards and seventy one mm-hmm. touchdowns. Okay. He's had some pretty impressive. Like he has. I- I've known he was good, but like 1,200, 1,500, 1,300, 1,500, 1,100, 1,400 receiving yards. And then the, the worst year was when the year he only played 10 games for Arizona where he got hurt 572. Again, he was on pace. He wasn't kidding. I I, I honestly forgot about this. In nine games, he had over 700 receiving yards and three touchdowns in nine games. So he's probably easily breaking a 1,000 again last year in Arizona if he doesn't get suspended. I don't think that's a Hall of Fame wide receiver.
0: I I think it's right. It's it's on the cusp. Um, It's just it's hard because this era, there have been a lot of um, a lot. There's been a lot of production from wide receivers, from the passing games in general. So the numbers are always a little bit harder for me to put into context. I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Famer. I think he's he's definitely like you know on the edge on the cusp he's not a first ballot guy maybe he gets in year two or year three depending on some of those other wide receivers that came the generation before him and and how some of those guys end up um because what chad johnson's not in yet right yeah smith is
1: he chad chad johnson's not maybe he's not in chad I'm i'm looking that up i actually don't know i actually don't think that he is
0: because i think what reggie wayne just got in i think right
1: yeah, that sounds right.
0: Yeah. Um, Steve Smith I, I don't think I don't think he's in yet or did he just Chad get it?
1: Johnson is not in the Hall of Fame and I know Steve Smith isn't
0: cuz he Steve yeah, Smith
1: probably deserves to be in. Maybe I'm letting my Baltimore Ravens hate the best <laughs> me. He Steve Smith deserves to be in. Yeah, Chad Johnson Steve is not Steve Smith in the Hall of is of always fame. a Panther to me. Oh yeah, he'll go in as a Panther, but the last couple of years of him yeah, being a Baltimore Raven right. kind of rubs me the wrong way, that's but fair. that's what it is.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the wide receiver logjam shakes up. But I, I definitely think DeAndre Hopkins is in the discussion at worst.
1: Um, I want to ask you another question. We're gonna keep talking about this for a minute. Okay. I just wanted to look because again, ten years. So first of all, not a lot of players play ten years in the NFL, regardless, or be that productive. So I just wanted to see who had the most receiving yards through ten seasons. You want to take a guess at who that was?
0: Most receiving yards through ten seasons.
1: Like, if you really think about the answers pretty easy. No, he's close. He's actually number two. Ah, okay. That was a good shot. (laughs) It's the Uh, best wide receiver to play the game.
0: Oh, Jerry Rice. Yeah. Okay.
1: Do you know who is next?
0: Well, we said Julio was two, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, after that. Uh, Okay, after Julio? Yeah. Mm. You'll never get this, I would bet. You probably. I feel like this is if if, if we had Jay Michael Valery on right now. If I told you this player's in, I'd be like I don't even know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's Torrey Holt from all his time with oh, the, okay. the Rams and everything. The greatest
0: but, show on turf. Yeah, uh, that that makes sense.
1: DeAndre Hopkins is eighth on this list, with okay. nothing but Hall of Famers ahead of him. Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, who just got in. Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison, who I believe also just recently got in. Actually, I don't think Torrey Holt is in. He should be. I don't think Tory Holt has actually gotten into the Hall of Fame, and then Julio Jones and Jerry Rice. Chad Johnson is over a thousand yards behind him, and he's also done it in seven less games than Chad Johnson. He is only okay. I'm I'm, I'm, gonna figure this out. I'm just you know just making a case for for my apparently my boy DeAndre Hopkins.
0: (laughs) Matt's dying on that hill.
1: I just want to see here. He is just under two thousand yards behind Jerry Rice for the most yards in the first ten seasons. And again, it's only ten seasons. So say what you want, but I just to me, I think he probably deserves to be in. I do get what you're saying, and that it just takes forever for wide receivers because there is such a backlog, right. and they only allow a certain amount in. I think one day we're going to see DeAndre Hopkins get into the Hall of Fame.
0: I I I'm not I'm not saying no. Uh, but we got like Larry Fitz still definitely in the conversation. Andre Johnson, I don't think is in yet. So he's, he's not, he's gotta be in that discussion. There's, there's a number of guys that are going to be close. Andre
1: Johnson on this list behind DeAndre Hopkins.
0: There we go. Um, all right, well we'll move into some quick Scott fish bull talk here. Um, so you said we we were talking pre-show. You said your show your divisions through what fifteen rounds?
1: Yes, we we just were making our way through the sixteenth round currently.
0: Nice, you guys are you guys are cruising. We are um, just starting the tenth round. Uh, how's it? How's your team looking so far?
1: I don't know how to feel about it. Um, so. For those of you who don't know, he changes the scoring every single year to like mm-hmm. keep it fresh and, and give a new dynamic. And this year it really seems to be really predicated, 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 pred, predicated, pred, predicated, predicated, Thank you. Yep. Uh, what uh, what Colin said uh, toward <laughs> running backs. And I wanted to take running backs early and I knew so. If you look at, like, different things with the scoring settings, like, even Justin Jefferson, who obviously number one fantasy wide receiver in the game, he was still only, like, a top 15 scorer overall in this format, based on on how much it is predicated toward, <laughs> like, first downs and carries. I just couldn't pass him up. I picked it. So I was supposed to be picking at the 112. I was supposed to be in a live draft, but some things came up and I ended up having to be moved. Scott was very gracious and moved me to a, a slow draft division so I could still be in the Scott Fishbowl. Uh and I ended up getting put at the 110 spot. I took him there and I doubled him up with Kirk Cousins. Because the other thing with this is he he took away a lot of the negative scoring for quarterbacks. So quarterbacks score very well as well, especially mm-hmm. rushing quarterbacks. I ended up taking Daniel Jones after that. Because he finished as a top six scorer in this format last year. And to get him in the third round, I felt like was kind of a steal, especially when I was watching guys like Tua and Aaron Rodgers go. And I was like, I mean, Rodgers, I do think will have a bounce back here, but I don't think he's going to score that much. And then I started taking a bunch of running backs just to kind of balance that out. I got Jameer Gibbs, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, Donta Foreman, and I took my boys Jerome Ford. Overall, I like my team. I'm very intrigued to see where it goes. It's also very heavy toward tight ends. Unfortunately, I do not have good tight ends because all of them <laughs> kept getting taken. Yep. And so I took Tyler Higby, who I think is going to be fine. He scored fairly well in this format. Actually, he was a top, uh, I think, he was a top 20 scorer overall through all the positions. So I ended up taking him. I have yet to take a second tight end though at this point because. The other guys I was targeting and like Michael Mayer and Hayden Hurst, they've all gotten taken before it got back to me and kickers. Surprisingly, I'll I'll say this now because I'm taking this player when it gets to me in the 16th round. And I highly doubt that this will be out and people will be able to listen to it by that time. Brett Maher, the kicker for, I believe it's the Cowboys. I could be wrong on that. I was trying to, to pull this up really quick. So where is he at? Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys kicker was a top 60 scorer overall in this format last year. He scored more points than David Montgomery, Jamar Chase, granted Jamar Chase was injured, but Tyler Higbee, Christian Kirk, Terry McLaurin, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Andy Dalton, D.K. Metcalf, T. Higgins. like He scored more than all these players, and yet I don't see him coming off the board in any of these ADPs that I've looked at as like the first or second kicker. It's always been... He's like the third or fourth guy. You always get your Justin Tucker, Harrison Butkers, Evan McPherson off the board. I think Brett Ma- the Cowboys, in my opinion, are one of the best teams in the NFC, and I think you could argue would be the NFC East favorites if the Eagles weren't in there. They have yeah. a very good team. I think that Brett Maher is going to score a ton of points again this year, so he's a kicker. I'm on the sleeper side, so we have to have a kicker. If you guys are playing in the MFL side, you do not have to have one. You can use one. You don't have to have one. Uh, but he's a guy that I'm taking late i'm taking him actually in the 16th round once it gets to me.
0: yeah i last year uh, i used two kickers actually
1: um i did as well at times
0: yeah because the kicker scoring was always like fairly consistent if you got a decent one i think i had um, daniel carlson and mcpherson i think i was starting those two guys like fairly often uh so i'm I'm pro kicker as well. I'm definitely going to take at least one. I'm in a sleeper side too. So I have to take at least one. I'm probably going to take two I and mean, we will see how that shakes out. Um, I have made nine picks so far. Uh, I, and I, you know, have been passing on tight ends too. Cause it, the value just hasn't been there for me. I, I really right. considered Mike Andrew or Mark Andrews at the two Oh three. Cause I pick at the 10 spot. Um, I ended up going to Sean Watson. So I double-tapped okay. quarterback. I went Trevor Lawrence to Sean Watson. Um, nice. So I'm very happy with my quarterbacks. And then I'm actually really happy with my running backs too. Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara. I got Kamara in the eighth. Uh, so we were, we were just talking like that could end up being a huge steal there. Yeah. I, I was yeah. very happy with that. And then my receivers, I have Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy, DJ Moore. I went those guys in the 5 six, seven. And then I just took Mike Evans in the ninth.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's not
0: not bad at all i like it yeah I'm, I'm happy with it i mean i don't i don't love mike evans but you know in the ninth round he's never had less than a thousand yards does he have less than a thousand yards this year with baker probably i think he's nah. gonna be right on the fringe there
1: baker's gonna screw him
0: not- <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll we'll see how that ends up um but i you know i i, and I still think he could be like a, a 900 yard receiver this year you know a couple touchdowns maybe like eight touchdowns this year so he'll be like a flex worthy guy so i'm pretty happy with that start but i have also been fading tight end pretty pretty hard i have tyler higby queued up at the top of my queue right now i feel pretty confident that nobody in my league in my division i'm in the perkins division i'm pretty confident nobody listens to this show i don't (laughs) even know if they know i'm an analyst i don't know any (laughs) anybody in here we've been having a great time in the chat uh our right so the the back half of our draft has been very quick. Uh, I haven't yeah. on sleeper. I don't think you can see the times the average draft uh, times.
1: I think you have you can if you go. I think if you go to the Scott Fishbowl, what's oh, the thing? Spike the week, Spike it, it, week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I think it'll show you on there. But yeah, on sleeper it does not show you that.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I'll be interested to see. I'll have to go take a look at that. But our our uh, we've been calling it the right side, right side, strong side. Um, We've been flying. Uh, On that side. So, and we've been, you know, talking about it in the chat and stuff. So we've been having a good time, but I don't know any of these people. So I feel pretty confident that they don't listen. And I can say that Tyler Higby is going to be the guy that I target next. And then I'm actually really interested in Trey Lance at the 11th. I think that's a really high ceiling play there. Low floor. Um, Yeah. But I think Trey Lance has a high ceiling. Has he been drafted in years yet?
1: uh yeah uh the best quarterbacks available in my draft again we're in we're in round 16 is kyle trask so yeah he's he's definitely been drafted i was trying to pull up because i actually took a quarterback in the 11th Uh, he went in the 12th round he went at 12.5 for okay i did as well i took a quarterback on third round as my qb3 i I like to have three i actually think this guy's got top 15 upside i've said it before i'll say it again one (laughs) (laughs) test baby with the rushing upside (laughs) that (laughs) offense man I'm, i'm I'm all in. I think I'm going to end up starting him at some point over Kirk Cousins or Daniel Jones. Multiple times. I think Desmond Ritter. Stud. Stud. You guys have your franchise quarterback.
0: We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that one shakes out. Um, I, like I said, I, I double tapped QBs in round one and two with Lawrence and Watson. So that way I didn't really have to worry too much about it. Cause it was going to yeah. be a while till it got back to me. Um, so and I just I didn't want to have to worry about the quarterbacks like you said the the quarterback scoring in this they took out some of the negatives so they are pretty high so I wanted to to double tap there and but it, I, like I said I think Lance has really high upside so I'm willing to take that in the 11th and there's no trading so obviously I can't trade him away so right. worst case scenario is it just makes a tough decision for me for who to start each week uh, knowing me I'll make the wrong choice but.
1: Yeah, that, that I'm right there with you. So I I'm about to get be able to make my pick. I think because I I'm okay. also obviously in the back end, and we've been picking fairly quickly as well. Uh, so I'm hoping that FF Sleepy makes his pick quickly. I also don't know who any of these people are. I don't even know like where the Tootsie Roll Division is located at. Um, <laughs> it's just I just where I got put. I want to give you my starting lineup really quick, and you tell me what okay. you think because I I do like it, but my bench is just it's crap. Kirk Cousins is in my quarterback spot, and then obviously I have Daniel Jones in my super flex spot. Brett Maher will be my kicker. Then I have Jameer Gibbs, Aaron Jones, set as my running backs. My wide receivers: Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, Michael Pittman, Tyler Higby, in my tight end spot. And then right now in my flex spots, I have Alvin Kamara and Brandon Cooks.
0: I think it's a strong. I think it's a strong lineup.
1: We're winning the Scott Fish Bowl this year, baby! It's coming. Hey. I can feel it.
0: Hey, Campus of Canton, we did well last year. We did. Um, Who was the had... first
1: one to get knocked out? Was it Austin? I know I made it to, like, the third round, and then Jarek went around further than I. I think Jarek and somebody else went around further than I did. You? Was he? That was me. Okay, yeah. I know th- I know there was two. Yeah, I made that the – Pretty far.
0: I made the – the quarterfinals is that how they break it down or whatever? It was like the fourth. I don't, round
1: I don't ever remember. Yeah, I think it's just the fourth round. There was only what six, so you would have had one more, and then it gets to the final round where it's yeah. only whatever, and everybody's playing against each other for the final score. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that was how that one broke. Uh, yeah, I, I, I made it to like the fourth round of the playoffs. There's Jarek, you, me, PJ made it very far. Oh, yeah, 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 um, Matt Fox made the playoffs, I think, right. Yeah, uh, he, yeah, he got knocked out, I think, fairly early. But yeah, we had we had a really good showing last year. So, you know, we're college centric, but we, we have NFL roots. We know what we're doing.
1: Yeah, not all of us just know who Josh Allen is. talking to you, Chris Moxley. You're probably not going to listen
0: <laughs> to this. But... Um, all right. So we'll, enough Scott Fishbowl talk, I said we don't want to go too long with that because not everybody's in that. Uh, if you are in it, good luck. You know, feel free to hit us up for, for some some draft questions. You know, like, I I mind at, talking some NFL too, uh, but we'll get into training camp breakouts. So we're about to enter in training camp. The Hall of Fame game is what two weeks away?
1: Yeah, first week of August. Browns Jets.
0: Okay, so like three weeks away.
1: Yeah, yeah. August, yeah so yeah, like three. It's a good question. It's the week before the Expo, and now I can't remember the August.
0: Okay, August, so three August. weeks. Yeah, yeah, like three weeks away. Uh, and then training camp is going to start. So this is going to be an opportunity for players to earn a bigger role. We're going to start hearing some buzz. Some of it's going to be substantiated like James Robinson, and some of it is going to be all smoke like Amir Abdullah. Uh, We'll see how that ends up shaking out, but who's a player that you have your eye on and you think they're going to increase their stock or earn a bigger role in training camp this year?
1: So this is a name that I'm sure other people have been talking about, but I do think he's going to possibly secure the wide receiver two role and be fairly productive in an offense that I I don't know what to think of. If I'm being honest, that's Puka Nakua with the oh, Los Angeles okay. Rams who. Was a fifth-round pick for them, but from everything I've read, like he stood out in rookie camp. He had Cooper Cup out there talking about how good he was at creating separation. He's continued to apparently impress, and that was obviously all through rookie camp. If he's able to go out there, I mean, Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson, Lance McCutcheon, I don't know who that is. I don't DeMarcus know DeMarcus Robinson, who couldn't make it work with one Patrick Mahomes for multiple years in Kansas City. Austin Trammell, Ben Skoranek, Tyler Johnson. Apparently, he's still in the NFL. Oh. He's on the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. None of these guys, I think, put up much of a fight, if any, to possibly stop Puka Nakua from being the number two option from the wide receivers. Now, again, Cooper Cup's going to see a dominant share of of the receiving or the receptions, and I do think we were just talking about Tyler Hapey. I think he's in for another very good season as well. But Puka Nakua could be that guy who's, you know, a a fringe wide receiver 3-4 for you that I just don't think anybody's talking about. And in most rookie drafts that I've seen, you could get him in like the third or fourth round. And maybe he doesn't have a long-term future with the Rams. We'll see what they're going to do They're Obviously, I think going to be a very bad team this year. Stafford already beat up. They tried to trade him earlier this offseason. The offensive line hasn't improved at all. I actually think we're going to see a ton of Stetson Bennett this year, which might help Puka. But overall, I think he's a player that's going to continue to rise. And if you did draft him earlier in your rookie dress or in our camps to Canton Leagues, if you had him from BYU and he's moved over to your NFL roster, he might be a guy that you can trade for something at some point in time if he has a couple of good games this year. Because I do believe in Sean McVay. I I think he's an offensive genius.
0: Yeah, I think Sean McVay is a great offensive coach. I share your concerns with Stafford already being banged up, seeming like they kind of wanted to trade him. I'm not a Stetson Bennett believer. Uh, we'll see how that ends up shaking out. If he does end up playing at all, that um, would worry me a lot. And I, I do think it's, you know, the Cooper Cup show. I know a lot of people have been talking about Cam Akers, too. Uh, we've been talking about that for for a while now at this point. I don't know how good this rushing attack is going to be in general, whether it's going to be Akers, whether it'll be Zach Evans. We'll see how that shakes out. I agree with you. I think Higby's the number two guy. That number three pass catcher, number two wide receiver role, is up for for grabs. They do run a lot of three wide receiver sets, too. So even if Puka Nakua gets the air quote number three role, that's still a starting role in this offense a lot of times and on a lot of plays. It's going to lead to a good snap count for him. I agree with you. I've been snapping him up in, in some drafts. Uh, it, I think I took him in like the late third of my one rookie draft. Yeah. So I I'm in on Nakua too. Uh, he's a guy that I've been keeping my eye on as well. I I think Van Jefferson probably starts the season as the number two there, but I'm not a Van Jefferson believer. so I, I think Puka Nakua could pass him easily or just out target him, even if he doesn't necessarily out snap him. He's just, he's just a better player. I think.
1: So I like I, that call. I just want to say really quick, I'm with you on like not being a massive Stetson Bennett believer, but <laughs> John Walford, who I think it's not unfair to say is worse than Stetson Bennett. When he played in the two games, when Matt Stafford got hurt before they ended up bringing Baker Mayfield in because John Walford got hurt. He passed for 212 yards, one touchdown, one interception, but then where did it go? Where was the other one? 178 yards and four touchdowns. No, two touchdowns. Like this is a guy who Sean McVay, and there's another quarterback. I can't remember who it is that he's also done very well with Baker Mayfield's first game there. He played really well. Like he just finds a way to get the best out of quarterbacks. And I think with Stetson Bennett's rushing upside, he does have a live arm. We saw how productive he could be with Todd Munkin. My opinion, Sean McVay is a better offensive mind than Todd Munkin. Like, I don't think Stetson Bennett's going to be bad if he starts. I don't think he's good, but I think for fantasy, and if you have Cooper Cup or Puka Nuku or Tyler Higby, if those are the guys, I think they'll be fine for you if Stetson Bennett does start at some point, which I think he will. Well, over under four games. How many think? How many games do you think? Uh, would you take the over under on Stetson Bennett games it.
0: Man, it's so hard to trust Stafford staying healthy. I'm going to take the over on it. It's a long yeah, season. So am I. Yeah. Maybe I, not by much. I think it might be like five or six, but I yeah. can see it.
1: I would not be surprised if the, the Rams are, because in my opinion, the Rams and the Cardinals are by far the two worst teams in the NFL currently. Now I saw a report today that Kyler Murray is planning to be back by week one, which I think the Rams would be thrilled if he is. Cause that means Arizona won't be the worst team. Right. I think the Rams want Caleb and how great of a story oh, yeah. would it be from the guy to go from USC And finally give Sean McVay that like great quarterback who does everything that he's been good at using as well. Right. (laughs) So if they're starting to suck, all I'm saying is don't be surprised if all of a sudden Matt Stafford's traded or he's injured a lot. And Stetson Bennett's playing like 10 games to end the season, because while I think they'll be good for fantasy, they're not going to win games and they're just going to bottom out to get Caleb.
0: That would be really interesting if Caleb Williams gets paired with Sean McVeigh. That would make the Caleb Williams hype jump the shark. Um, So that'll be really interesting to watch. So my training camp breakout, it's a guy that we've talked about uh, before on here, uh, Jerome Ford running back over at Cleveland. I don't know that it's necessarily solidified like on the depth chart on paper that he's their number two back. But I think exiting training camp, he will be the number two running back. So the number two running back in that offense uh, with Stefanski, they're going to run the ball. We know they're going to run the ball. Chubb is going to be Chubb, uh, but there needs to be kind of another guy there to to take some of the workload off him, and I think it's going to be Jerome Ford. We've seen Kareem Hunt have some standalone value uh, in the backfield with um, uh, with Nick Chubb before. I think Jerome Ford can be a Kareem Hunt light, you know, so he could be a flex worthy guy for you some weeks, assuming, you know, if Nick Chubb is healthy and if Nick Chubb goes down, then Jerome Ford is the guy there. And I think he has high end RB two potential, maybe even sneaks in a couple of RB one weeks. So, and I, and I don't think the industry has quite caught up to the potential on Jerome Ford. I've seen him creep up, seen him mentioned here and there. But I am I'm very high on Jerome Ford heading into this year. Yeah,
1: about how you like him as well. I, I mm-hmm. that backfield has nothing there. It, it's Dimitri Felton, Hassan Hall, John Kelly. I don't even know who Nate McCray is, but he is there as well. Like Stefanski loves to use these two running backs. He he loved doing. It's why everybody loved Alexander Madison with Dalvin Cook. Oh, if if yep. goes down, Madison's going to be the guy. And it's the same thing here. The, the big difference is Stefanski loves to use Chubb more like in between the 20s. And then when they get down in the red zone, he loves to use those passing down backs, which I do think is going to be Jerome Ford. Not that Nick Chubb's a bad receiving back because he's not. Jerome Ford's better. So I do think he's in for a good year. I took him in, in the Scott Fishbowl in the 15th round because I was like, I think he does. He will have some standalone value. So I am with you uh, on that. I have to bring this up. Okay um should i well should i should i talk about my second player
0: yeah yeah Go okay
1: ahead. do you have anything else to say on jerome ford sorry i just nope. gotta cut you off no but.
0: you're good you're, some, you're good no i'm gonna target jerome ford in sfb2 that's the last thing i was gonna say so you're
1: good some news came down and oh. uh the tweet was deleted so now i don't know what to think but i saw it posted in another discord that i'm in and it is part of a team that you love it's a player i was gonna ask you about Wide receiver Josh Ali of the Atlanta Falcons, who you probably don't. Do you know know who that is? I don't Um, know. I don't know who it was. He was
0: from Kentucky, I think, right? That is correct, yes. So
1: he suffered an injury last year in Kentucky, but Desmond Ritter has talked him up. Obviously, Drake London is the number one on that wide receiver core. Kyle Pitts arguably a 1A, 1B, even though he is a tight end. But Josh Ali apparently fits very well into that like slot role mm-hmm. for what the Atlanta Falcons want and apparently has great chemistry with Desmond Ritter because they did nothing but practice together on the practice squad last year. I don't know that he's a guy that is going to be a massive stud, but he is one of the other guys I think could possibly break out. And when I say break out, be like a wide receiver 3-4 that you're literally getting for nothing Frank Darby, Penny Hart, Kaderil Hodge, Matt Collins. I mean, wide receiver core kind of sucks. No offense.
0: No, none taken. It does. It absolutely sucks, Uh, which is why there's absolutely no reason why Josh Ali can't crack that rotation and be, um, you know, the short area guy. I, I mean, you know, you have London and Pitts, both bigger body guys. So, yeah, there's, there's absolutely a role, I think, for Josh Ali. My only concern with Josh Ali is I don't think this passing attack is going to be very good. I'm not a Desmond Ritter believer. I do. Uh, I, I know you. I know you do. You're a big uh, Desmond Ritter guy. I can't get on board with that. I think this offense <sighs> is going to run the ball a ton. They're going to keep it out of Ritter's hands. It's going to be Bijan. It's going to be Tyler Algier. Cordell Patterson isn't totally going away either. So we'll see how that ends up shaking up. But Josh Ali is absolutely free right now. I haven't really heard anybody outside of a couple of Atlanta beat writers mention Josh Ali. So this is coming out of nowhere. So, yeah, he could go from free to, you know, maybe he gives you a couple of weeks where you could throw him in your flex and during a buy situation and you don't feel awful about it.
1: I mean, granted, I know this happened because of injuries, but like, is he any worse than? Oh, I'm gonna butcher this. Who's Olamide Zacharias? Is that how you say his name? Is he any worse than that guy? Probably.
0: Olamide's, Z- I think it's Zacchaeus.
1: Zacchaeus, but... Zeus, whatever. <laughs> he had no. a couple. He had good games that you actually started him, and mm-hmm. this is definitely more of like, a, at least in my opinion, and I've I've started to play a lot more in these dynasty ones because I still take on some dynasty leagues uh, in best ball leagues because. Mm-hmm easier to manage when you're trying to manage 45-man college rosters and a bunch of (laughs) dynasty leagues. He's a guy that I am targeting, but I wanted to talk about him because, again, this tweet was deleted, but I just want to bring it up to you to get your opinion on it because we were already talking about this player, and I am a massive Desmond Ritter fan. There's apparently a report out there, again, tweet deleted, so maybe this is false, that the Atlanta Falcons have offered a conditional second-round pick to the San Francisco 49ers for one quarterback, Trey Lance. Whew. now the tweet was deleted like 30 seconds after i saw this posted but it got 2000 000... oh no never mind it's not deleted anymore it's back oh, no it's never mind there. it's been deleted again nah. but <laughs> it's got 20 snip, snap snip snap yeah 20.6k views so a lot of people saw it uh to over 20 quotes tweets, the, and everything who, where did it come from cj golston I don't know who that is. He's got a decent follower count. I don't know. Like, Let me see what it says he is again. Um, it says he's a media personality. Uh, college football coverage for 11 plus years. Betting DFS analysis with the People's Insider. Well, whatever that is. I don't know.
0: I mean, I I like Trey Lance. I think a conditional second round pick for him is a bit rich, but it depends on what those conditions are. Um, I mean, I, 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 we need a quarterback. I'm not a Desmond Ritter guy, so I don't hate it. Yeah. And I think that would open up this offense too, because That's say right. what you want about Ritter versus Lance. I think we can both agree. Lance has the better arm. Lance can push it downfield a little bit better.
1: Nope. Nope. Yeah, he
0: can. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> definitely got the better. Arm.
1: He's not accurate. Ritter's <laughs> probably a little bit more accurate, but he Lance definitely has the better arm.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I think that would be that would make things really interesting. I think that would hurt Josh Alido.
1: It would, it would, but that's all right. He's he's a he's a free free piece for you, really. free square. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so really quick, my actual second player that I wanted to, to bring up, and I feel like this is probably going to make a bunch. If you're listening in your car, pull over. Oh boy, I don't need you to wreck because uh, we we'll probably shit all over this player last year, <laughs> um, and even during the draft coverage. But, Fellas Jones. Chicago oh Bears wide. Receiver. Oh God, I know it's bad. That's that we're. But look, we're talking about players who could break out. I talked earlier about Puka Nakua and how wide open that wide receiver room is. Realistically, so is the Chicago Bears: Darius Fountain, Dante Pettis, Joe Reed. I mean, look, I, I like myself some Cincinnati wide receivers: Tyler Scott. He's not starting as a rookie. I don't even know how to say this dude's name, but I'm pretty sure this is right: Simba. It's spelled N-S-I-M-B-A, so I'm assuming it's Simba, and the end is silent. <laughs> Simba Webster, have you even heard of that? No. Yeah, I've never even heard of this dude. I don't even know where he went to college. He's 27 years old. I didn't even know there was a dude named Simba in the NFL before that. And he's been <laughs> here before, obviously. He's 27 years old. There's nobody here, and we've already seen all the reports. Austin talked about this, I know, on the show many a times. We as a company talked about how Chase Claypool was not that good. Bears are already fed up with his attitude and everything going on. They have nobody besides Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. DJ Moore. Ah, damn it, DJ Moore. That's right, DJ Moore is there. Well, this was a horrible pick. No, <laughs> DJ Moore still, he's going to be the stud, I'll give you that. But Velis Jones, I think, will be the other outside wide receiver. Again, it's a free square at this point, not just us. Everybody in the world was kind of like Velas Jones. He sucks. He's not that good. That offense was bad last year. He came in as a rookie. Granted, on the older side, I think he's 26 years old too, so he's right up there with Simba. <laughs> I, I, I'm i just going to keep talking about Simba now. He's going to become my favorite player. With the offense, now second year in this offense, I think Justin Fields takes a step forward. I think they will pass the ball a little bit more, hopefully. Justin Fields needs to take that step forward. He wants to stay the quarterback. Well, back I of this think it's hard Bears. for them
0: to run the ball more. They ran it so much last year.
1: <laughs> Don't challenge the Bears, staff, please. I need, <laughs> I need Justin Fields to pan out because we are. There's many, many audio clips saved of Justin Fields being better than Zach Wilson. But if Justin, well, Fields... well, that's already it,
0: decided. It, no,
1: because if Justin Fields bust this year, I mean, I really can't tout it too much over my my one good. Friend
0: well, what start. did what did Justin Fields finish last year? Like QB eight or something like that? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But I need him to get like a second contract and be like solidified in the NFL because. While he's already played better than Zach Wilson, and he's not going to likely be benched for him, still, I I need like I need some more ammo. Look,
0: okay, that's fair. I get that.
1: I am not a litigator. I am horrible at making arguments. I get upset, and when I get upset, I usually just like I give you a two-word answer, and first one starts with an F, the second one starts with a Y. So, (laughs) Felix is very good at making arguments. He stays level ahead of me. Dude won a criminal case for a shopping cart. All right, this is how great of an argument king that he is i need as much ammunition at my back as possible so i need just the fields to continue thriving but velas jones same thing as, as josh ali and really puka nakua i think they're all free squares that you can take that will bring you some value this year velas jones i think is i know they used darnell mooney two years ago more is like the the guy who stretched the field i don't feel like they did it as much last year dj Moore is not that I do think that's what Vellis Jones could be is like the guy who stretches the field for the Chicago Bears offense. And again, I know I'm comparing tomatoes to apples here, but (laughs) we saw how good Chris Olave was in that role for the Ohio state. Buckeyes. we know all the reports were last year in the draft is that this is who Justin Fields wanted for whatever reason was Vellis Jones if they can have that kind of connection, I don't think he's going to be Chris Olave. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities for him to get six, 700 yards and a couple big touchdowns. Again, probably more of a best ball target than a guy that you're putting in your lineup every single week. But a guy that I do think you can get for free that will not only retain his current value, which is probably nothing, but raise it a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, his value is nothing again, you know, you're, you're, it's a free square. So, it's hard to, it's hard to argue with the free square. Um, and I think it's hilarious that Chase Claypool is already wearing out as welcome. Not surprising. Yeah. Uh, and even with DJ Moore there, uh, Darnell Mooney coming back from, from an injury, you know, we'll see how that ends up. Uh, so I think there's a room for, for Vellis Jones. Um, you know, I, 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 think that he will expand his role this in training camp. He'll earn a bigger role. So Um, my second guy is still on the bears. Uh, Mine's Khalil Herbert. This guy that people were talking about a little bit earlier in the off season. Not a, not a ton, not a lot of buzz. I know he's a big, uh, he's a a map running, uh, special there is Khalil Herbert. And then they draft Roshan Johnson and everybody forgets about Khalil Herbert, but Herbert was, was solid last year. 129 carries 731 yards, four touchdowns not a great pass catcher. He only had nine catches. Um, you know, I I don't think that is a role that he will expand too much. I I don't think he'll be worse than nine catches, but I think he seizes that RB one job. Uh, and like I said, you know, when you were talking about Bellas Jones, like this is a team that runs the ball a lot. Now it's hard for them to run the ball the same amount that they did last year because they ran it so much, but I still think this is going to be a team that's in the top five in rush attempts overall. So, you're going to want their running back. You know, Khalil Herbert had that huge game against Houston where he had 157 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he had another game where he had 99 yards and a touchdown, and, and that was playing with David Montgomery. So, you know, he is he has shown that he is solid uh, when he got when he gets time. And I, I'm not a big Roshon Johnson guy. Roshon Johnson is the definition of a jag and a locker room guy who's a better real life football player than fantasy player. I'm not on the Roshan Johnson train. So I think Khalil Herbert seizes this role. I think we're looking at, you know, 220, 250 carries out of him this year. And with that, I think he's going over a thousand yards. I think we're looking at, you know, 10 touchdowns or so this year, maybe even more, maybe even like 10 to 12. I think he's gonna be have a really nice year this year. And he's he's going late. He just got picked in the Scott Fish Bowl just now as we were sitting here, and I'm really upset about it because I was hoping he'd make it back to me at some point, um, but that was in the 10th round, you know? So it's he's going late, uh, and I, I'm i on board with Khalil Herbert this year.
1: Yeah, I I love Khalil Herbert. You know, we talked, I think, actually, about this last time we were on a show together doing Can't Bound was we used to do those draft profile episodes, uh, yep. the me, me, Felix, and Austin. I remember Austin – Doing Khalil Herbert, and I was a big fan of him at the time, and even Austin came away. It's like he impressed me more than I thought he was going to. I, I think he's a very good running back. I'm with you on Roshan Johnson. I have a bet with Mike Valerie that Tank Bigsby will have a better <laughs> rookie season. Cause I, I think Roshan, as I believe Corey Pereira, the other half, the better half of the uh Back to Debbie show, has said he's just a glorified passing back. I, I think that's what he is. I don't think he is anything special. He's a great. Passing back, like a pass blocking back, and he will thrive at that in the NFL level. I don't think that he's a guy they're going to give the ball to a ton. The only player that I think might hurt him a little bit, as crazy as it's going to be, is Dante Foreman, because I think they'll Mm. use him more down in the goal line and everything. But he's not really a big pass catching back. I don't think he's a guy they're going to give the ball to like twenty plus times. They'll probably split it a little bit. But I love the Khalil Herbert call, and I think what helps him too is you have a quarterback like Justin Fields who. Defenses at times will creep up and think Justin Fields is going to be the one running the ball in these RPOs and kind of crash down on the box on him and allow Fields to either dump it off to Khalil Herbert for some big gains or give the hand the ball off to Khalil Herbert for some possible big games. So I, I'm with you. I think Herbert's in for a big year. It's the shiny new toy kind of theory with Roshan Johnson, right? Like, oh, they drafted him in the fourth round. Newsflash, guys, it's not that great draft capital. <laughs> They drafted Roshan Johnson fourth round. They talk about how great he's going to be because most dynasty player, most dynasty people in the space haven't actually watched Roshan Johnson just yet. And they went and watched two games of his highlights. And like, this guy's good. Zach Moss all over again. It's not Zach it. Moss. It's not <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: he brought, he might be Zach Moss. He
1: probably <laughs> is. I mean, I don't think he's got the, what's, how's the word I want to, I don't think I'll, I'm going to start making this into a verb. I don't think he's going to Zach Wilson it. With, with the, like the way Zach Wilson, uh Zach Wilson, duh. like the way Zach Moss did, maybe it's just a Zach thing. Zach yeah. Moss, I think clearly was some off field stuff and him probably thinking he was better than he really was with the way he handled some things. And that's why he kind of got pushed out so quickly. Roshan seems to be like the leader of the locker room. stuff. I think he's going to be a really good player, but I think he's a better NFL player than he really is a fantasy player.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. So yeah, I, I'm on the Khalil Herbert train. It's a good point about Foreman vulturing some touchdowns. I could see that. Um, let's hope it doesn't happen, though. But, all right, so you covered your two, and then your special was Josh Ali. You don't have yeah. anybody else?
1: No, that was it. That was it.
0: Cool. All right, well, that's going to do it for us here tonight, the maiden voyage of the new Canton Bound. The Sans MC roster. show.
1: Wicca, wicca, wicca. <laughs> That was what I was gonna do with the. No, she's gone now. I was gonna, and then I was gonna break into the uh, Maddie B thing. But you know, okay, you guys missed it. It's <laughs> gonna be great.
0: Oh no, thanks, Paula. Um, but that's gonna do it for us here tonight. We are going to be off, uh, for Canton Bound next for the next couple of weeks. As Austin and I next week will be starting our. Uh, college conference preview series. I think we're calling it the college kickoff series since Bud Elliott stole our summer school name, uh, but that's okay because it's Bud Elliott. Uh, we respect that. We'll call. I, I think. I think we landed on conference kickoff, so we'll see. But we're going to be starting that next week. So that's going to be two campus life shows each week until we wrap those up, and then Matt and I will be back uh, with some NFL talk leading up into the season. You know, maybe we do some division and conference previews there. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? It's the Wild West right now. It's brand new.
1: Yeah, looking forward to it. But I am also looking forward to the conference kickoff series because I I love college football. So Yeah,
0: agreed. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here tonight, though. Uh, As always, I'm Colin. And this is Matt. And have a good one.